Good evening. Today is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022, and it is the one-year anniversary of the Choose Your Own Conception meeting. Happy birthday, CYOC. We are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This, week, this week's chapter is Appendix 1, The Twelve Traditions, and our speaker tonight is Sherry Z. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Christina. I'm Sherry Z, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I want to thank Sherry for asking me to share. I feel truly humbled and a little bit nervous, which is funny because I've been in the rooms for 32 years. 31 of them, I was not recovered. I had moments of abstinence, periods of abstinence, but I had no neutrality, safe and protected. And today I am recovered. I have worked all 12 steps. I live in 10, 11 and 12, but I work one through 12 every day. Um, the ninth and 10th step promises are completely real for me. And I maintain a healthy body weight, which I have to tell you in 31 years, I was up and down 15, down 20, up 20, down 20. I maintain a healthy body weight. Um, it, it, it's a miracle. And I think the greatest gift is that I have true food neutrality. I am safe and I am protected. And my whole life, all I wanted was to be safe. That's all I wanted. So we're on the appendices and I want to have you open up your book to 561. I am a student. And when I pray, I speak to God. But when I study, God speaks to me. And I have to tell you in 31 years, I never knew there was a long form of the traditions. I constantly did the steps and didn't realize that there was a whole history. So I want to take a moment just to say that um, the 12 traditions resulted from a need for guidance in this growing community. And Bill W. wrote them in 1946 in an article in the Grapevine, which was like their newspaper, called 12 Suggested Points for AA Tradition. And I think he could have called it 12 Suggested Points for Living in the World. Because what happened was these groups had grown dramatically in 1944, and people set, kept sending questions to the New York headquarters and asking, how do we handle all these disputes? And what he wrote was the early presentation of what would become the 12 traditions. And actually, he wrote the long form, which we're going to go through on page 563. Um, but on 561, he says, um, to those now in its fold, AA has made the difference between misery and sobriety, right? That is the, that's the binary thing. It's either misery or it's sobriety. Often the difference between life and death. And I was dying. I, I was truly dying with my perfectionism, my obsessive compulsive ways. I was truly dying. I was tearing apart my body. And then it said, therefore, second paragraph, no society of men and women could ever have more urgent need for continuous effectiveness and permanent unity. So what he introduces on this page is why he did the 12 traditions, which is that we have to have permanent unity. And we, the nature of human beings is we're not unified. We're entirely different and we're, our DNA is different. We're literally, each coin of us is independent and none of them are replicated. So when he wrote these traditions, it was about living together. And I have just to say, I didn't want the traditions for the first 15 years of the program. I didn't even want anything to do with them. And only when I got recovered and I heard Harlan say, I didn't have a food problem. I had a life problem. Food was my solution. Did I finally realize the traditions 
once I put down the food, I had to live to live in the world. And my problem is that life would get lifey, as Harlan likes to say. And everything that my upbringing taught me, I've had to unlearn in these rooms. My upbringing taught me fierce determination, do it on your own, survival at any cost, independence, don't rely on anyone. And with those tools in my hands, I had to eat. I had to eat because being me was so intolerable because it was so much work every day. And so by the end of the day, my willpower was exhausted because I had the mental twist and I had to eat. So I used to have shame about the 31 years I was here, not recovered. I used to think I was the one exception, the true failure. And today I'm incredibly grateful because what I've done is realize that I just needed to unlearn everything that I learned. And it started when my sponsor asked me, you know, has anything you've ever done worked? And I was thinking, no, nothing. I'm almost 50 years old. I was 52 years old. And I said, no, nothing, nothing has worked. And she said to me, and I saw she was a living example of something different. And she said, can you set aside everything you think you know? And that was 31 years of trying to get it and not having that recovered state, not having the promises as it was really believing that I was literally the exception to the rule. Um, so when we got to the traditions, I always thought there was just the 12 short traditions. And then I get to the appendices as we're studying the big book and there's long traditions. There's like a long form. So turn with me on page 563 because the traditions have been for me now, my guide to living with other people. And with the tools that I had, those are not good tools for living with other people. Fierce independence, don't ask for help, survival at the fittest, eat whenever you're anxious. If people are mad at you, eat over them. Like those are not tools for living. Those are like the opposite of what you should do in kindergarten, like share and be open and ask for help. So when I got to the traditions, the first one was, you know, each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is but a small part of a group whole. And it reminds me of this teaching that I am but dust and ashes, and I am also the center of the world. It's that my individual welfare is not of supreme importance, but my responsibility to the other is. And that's what I learned in these rooms, that my goal was not to be thin. My goal was not to keep abstinence. My goal was, my goal was one thing. It was to carry the message. And the minute I think it's about being thin or a certain weight or following my food plan, I'm screwed. So it says my individual welfare follows closely after. So I thought my individual welfare was everything. I had to achieve, accomplish, please my parents, do all of that. And what I was, was alone. And the first tradition tells me I'm not alone. I'm not alone anymore. I'm not even gonna die alone, right? I'm not alone because I have God with me. And I know that at the very core of my being, some of you know my story, but I had a heart attack a few months ago and I literally was lying there on the thing, waiting for surgery and I could feel God totally with me. I felt truly and utterly in relationship with God. So the second tradition, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority. So this was a mind blow to me. 
OMG, I'm not the director. I read that acceptance prayer, which used to be on 469 and they got moved to 417 a hundred thousand times. And every time I would be like, oh, but I'm the director on these things and you be the director on these things. And I'll be the director on this and you be the director on that. I could not surrender. I could not surrender all of my life. And when I finally realized, God, I give up. Like I have tried everything, everything. And I'm out of ideas. Like I really am. I discovered that God has really the director of everything in my life. My marriage, someone asked me the other day, you know, do you think you're done with food forever? And I said, I don't know. I'll let God let me know. Like, I don't know. I hope I'm done with food forever. The compulsive overeating, the misery, the death, all of that. But I'm not in charge of my story. God's in charge of my story. I'm just a character. The third thing, um, hence we refute, our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, we refuse none who wish to recover. So I grew up as a religious Jew and our job was to stay insular and to stay tight. Don't let anyone in. And here was this tradition telling me all are welcome. Everybody come, 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 come. And I love it today because like I have sponsees, they're from every color, every walk of life. And it's allowed me to walk into the Starbucks barista and see him as a child of God. And what brought me to my knees was when I was yelling at the barista, the 18 year old boy behind the counter that he did not know how to make a matcha latte correctly. And I would come behind the counter and fix it for him. And I don't treat people like that anymore because they are the image of God. I treat them with dignity and I treat myself with dignity and I'm horrified. And thankfully, you know, I get to make amends, but to me, it's like, I don't behave undignified because everybody is a child of God. Every single person. Number four. Ooh, number four. Each AA group should be responsible to no other authority than its own conscience. Our, on such issues, our common welfare is paramount. So tradition four is about collaborating. It's really consulting with others to make and decisions. Thank you. It's about making decisions with others, right? And I love it. I was just talking to my sponsor before this. And I was like, hey, I need help with one of my sponsees. And she was giving me consult. And it was like exceptional advice. And literally, I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know how she knows this. I, I'm never going to be like this. And then I calmed down and realized, like, no, that's the whole thing about the tradition is we work with others because we don't know it, right? Like we collaborate with others. And I have to tell you, this happens so much at work. You know, I'm the boss and I'm also bossed. And I'm known as like the collaborator because I want to hear people's opinions. And I think it's hilarious because I'm the person that's like my way or the highway. That's my innate being because it was like my food, don't touch it. My way, the highway. And now I'm like, what's your opinions? What's your thoughts? And people say it all the time. My employees are like, you're, you know, you're really good at collaborating. And I want to say to them, no, I just try to practice tradition four. Tradition five, um, we are a spiritual entity and have but one primary purpose is to carry the message. So I thought the primary purpose was to get thin. For 31 years, I really did. I thought when I get thin, then I will carry the message. I thought that was the contingency. 
right? If I'm thin, then you will want what I have. And then I will be equipped to carry the message because I thought the working the steps was to get thin. That is not what it is for me today. We have one goal, purpose, and it's all over the first, the beginning of the book is to carry, to carry, it's to carry each other, to carry the message, to literally speak what it is. And I 12 step someone the other day and uh, I didn't have to do anything. She said to me, I don't know if I'm a compulsive reader. I, I returned to the page where it says, if they doubt that they're a compulsive reader, ask them if they want to take a year off. So I just followed the instructions. Like I don't have to do anything. It's not, I don't have to play God. I don't have to know the answers. I just turned to the pages. And she was like, I don't think I can do that. And then I said, oh, let me give you a test too. Like, like I don't have to do any of that. Then number six, um, problems of money, property, and authority may easily divert us from our primary spiritual aim. This message is about not getting distracted. I was distracted by the food, money, workaholism, you name it, boys, sex. I was always distracted from being in the present because the present was so painful because the present meant that I had to be here now and being here now was so uncomfortable because I didn't like myself. And so what happened was I was constantly distracted with achievement. And I have to say today, I'm still distracted with it. I work on it all the time. Like there's something very alluring about being immersed in work. It's not even the money anymore. It's like, I don't have to think. I love acting and as opposed to being. I love doing as opposed to being. And so this idea that I can't be diverted, that I have to stay with God is something it's really hard for me. And I practice it every day, especially around work. And you know what? God grounded me. I have worked since I was nine years old and I've been on medical leave for six weeks. God was like, and you are not allowed to work. I mean, talk about God, like throwing it in my face. Um, seven, don't sweat the small stuff. Each, each, um, it says experience has often warned us that nothing can so surely destroy our spiritual heritage as feudal disputes over property, money, and authority. You know, people in the rooms over 32 years have said things, done things, and meetings, I've seen meetings implode and whatnot because we got really caught up in this small, small stuff. One thing, God, one thing, God, stay with God. Um, and that's been really helpful in my own life because I can get caught up in money and my family and my children and uh, the prestige of where my kid goes to college. And it's like, it's not my business. God will decide where they go to college or they may not even go to college or even yet they decide that they're like going to live in a hut. I mean, I, I have come to surrender that much. And when I say that to all my friends, they're like, but they're going to go to college. Right. And I'm like, no, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, eight is we should, we define professionalism as the occupation of counseling alcohol, no of counseling alcoholics for free. We don't get remunerated. And I think this is where trust happens in the rooms, because if I knew I was getting paid, I would, well, how much do I have? That's five left. Oh, five left. Perfect. If I knew I was getting paid, I'm an entrepreneur. I would like, I would figure out the whole entrepreneurial business of this. I would figure out how to maximize the bottom line. I would have it all worked out. 
who can I go to? How much can I pay? How can I make money? That's my brain because I'm a hustler and I'm a survivor. And that came from my childhood. And that's why I use the food. But I don't hustle in these rooms. I take my time. I sponsor. I get sponsored. And I used to resent sponsoring so much because I didn't understand how to do it. And thank God I have the traditions that just show me. I just have to carry the message and then ask for help. Like, that's all. Nine, um, avoid power struggles. Um, my whole childhood was a power struggle. And it was all about who had more power in the house and who could eat who under the table, who could figure it out better and who was going to be, a, who was going to win at the end. And nine is not about no one wins when we don't all win. And I think it's so powerful. 10, um, the groups can oppose no one, which is keep your mouth shut. I talked way too much. I'm in a profession that my job is to talk. All I did was talk, 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 talk. What the rooms have taught me is actually shut my mouth. And I say a lot now in meetings at work and with my husband, I don't know. And my husband says to me, I so much enjoy talking to you now. And the big thing he says to me now, when I do open my mouth, he goes, I'll actually take another five minutes of quiet. Like he's just gotten to where he likes it, you know? And, and instead of me being offended, I think that's a privilege that I get the privilege of listening now because I'm not talking or waiting to talk. I'm just listening. Um, 11, be anonymous. It's really important to me. I, I have a profile and a public thing and people have broken that in these rooms and I pray for them because um, I really believe that um, the gift of this program is that we come from every walk of life and no one is better or worse than the other. And finally, 12, um, which is we are actually to practice a genuine humility. So I used to think I was humble and I learned in these rooms, I was the most non-humble person ever. And I used all my trappings of uh, accomplishments to say, I'm so humble, but it was such a false humility. The humility I work on today is one of literally standing in front of God and asking God, how can I be of service to you today? And I have to say it a lot because I always want to fall back into my disease. And the reason I do, and I just want to close with this, I have a disease. Like I now actually have a diagnosed heart disease. And I actually said to my doctor, I have two diseases. I have a disease of compulsive overeating and I have heart disease now. And she was like, I don't think the first one's a disease. I'm like, I can assure you I have two diseases. And one I treat with the program of recovery and one I treat with your help through this medicine and whatnot. And in the depth of my being, I don't have just an allergy. I have an allergy and a mental twist. I am truly was born with the disease. I will die with this disease. And what I have learned is that I'm also not supposed to be living at home in a cave. And what the traditions have given me is the ability to recover so that I can be in the world. And I have a very, very big life, way bigger than I ever imagined God had dreamed for me way bigger for if you're new in the room i just want you to know it only goes up it only goes up if you stick around because i have an extraordinary life and um it's not perfect i'm far from perfect i obviously am working on humility as if you can't hear it um but i am incredibly grateful to all of you and for today i'm exactly where god wants me to be
And that's what I practice every day. So thank you so much. And um, I look forward to hearing all your words about the traditions as well. Thank you, Sherry Z, for that incredible share. Um, we will now open up the meeting for questions or three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star, star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call on the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Thank you, um, Liz B. from Massachusetts, Compulsive Overeater. Um, first up is Amy B. Uh, thank you, Amy B. Compulsive Overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Thank you, Liz and Christina, Team Tuesday for April. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everybody giving service at this meeting tonight. And Sherry, <clears throat> thank you for that incredibly thoughtful masterclass on the traditions. I, I am so grateful that you are here tonight, and I am so grateful that I was here to hear you. Um, Tradition one that, you know, throughout like some of the prefaces and forwards and then, you know, here in the part that you read and then in the long form on tradition one, it repeats this idea that we, we hang together or we die alone, that OA must survive or most of us will surely die. These traditions are here because this disease is permanent, progressive and fatal. And we are here to, to, to save our lives and those of each other. And if the, if the place that we can go to, to safely do that together is not here, then most of us will surely die. I, I know that I would. Um, and it means, look, uh, a dear, dear friend in this program of mine says, you wanna, you wanna up your spiritual game do service at an intergroup or higher level, like be on a board of, of a, like, you'll see what it's like to recognize that we must survive and that I don't matter. And that my person, not don't matter. My personal welfare is secondary to that of the survival of the group. And, um, I need traditions. I'm really grateful for them. And tradition 12, I'm going to bra bracket it with one in 12, that anonymity is the spiritual foundation, meaning that like, for me, one of the big pieces of that is that we are, we are all part of a larger collective. We are each a piece of a whole. Um, and that no one piece is 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 the focus that the that the whole is the focus and anonymity is what what keeps it what keeps it that collective focus so it starts off with you know our common welfare must come first and then the traditions end with this idea that you know our common welfare means we are all you know anonymous individuals in a collective um 
I'm just really grateful to be a part of this collective and to have been here at this meeting tonight once again. Thank you. And that's my time. I pass. Thank you. Next is Sherry M. Here I am. Hi. Um, hello, my name is Sherry M. And I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater here in California. And wow, that was absolutely amazing, Sherry Z. Um, I used to be Sherry D. So it was Sherry D and Sherry Z. <laughs> In our meetings, that was such. I'm going to go back and listen to this over and over. I so appreciated when you said, Get out your book. You had me at Get out your book. <laughs> so I got out my book because I was just with my book right before. And I loved going through the long form. And I loved how you paraphrased each and every one and you brought it alive. And there's so much to think about. And it was really good stuff and something that um, it's almost too much, right? It's like 12, 12 different ideas all together, but all the ideas really, I think when you looped it together, I really related with this idea, this humbleness, right? This, this lack of humility for me and coming here and, um, and not knowing that I wasn't a humble person because when I came into the rooms, I literally, hated myself so much that I didn't think there was enough air in the room for me to breathe after the meeting, during the meeting. And I had such what I thought was so low self-esteem and then cut to, you know, and then we uncover who that person is and step four, and I'm getting rid of that person. And then I find out I actually have this huge ego buried under all of it surprise, now I need recognition for everything. And if people aren't saying my name and thanking me and publicly telling, so, I mean, it just, um, and all the little, like um, recently, last week I caught it, I caught myself. I was texting some sponsees, oh, my sponsor speaking. And, and then not realizing that that's like the opposite of humility. It, no, like what these traditions are trying to teach me and help me to be is behind, I wanna be like Bob, Dr. Bob, hit the plaque on his desk. I'm gonna, I love that humility prayer. I wanna be invisible and be doing service and good in the world. I really do. Honestly, because that is my truth. When I'm doing things anonymously, just like when I'm sponsoring anonymously, nothing fills me up more. And this idea that I, um, you know, the self-seeking, right? Then the self comes in and wants to seek validation and approval and image management and all these things that are the opposite of God's truth for me. And, and that I, and it's such a work in progress. And the traditions really helped me also. This thing that this real I don't, well then I'll report back another day. Thank you. We still have plenty of time for sharing, so raise your hands if you'd like to share. 
Okay, great. Um, Maggie M. Hi, this is Maggie, compulsive eater. Um, Sherry, thank you so much um, for that share on the on the long form of the traditions. Um, I didn't even know those existed um, until right now. Um, so I really appreciate um, how you brought them to life, um, as somebody just said. Um, and I really relate to what you said about um, these don't just apply to our meetings and our fellowship. Like these are um, the tools we have for for walking around in the world. Um, I really related to that story you shared about um, kind of jumping over the counter with the barista at at Starbucks. Um, for me, I wouldn't. I maybe wouldn't have jumped over like the they would get my drink wrong. Um, and I would say nothing. Um, and I would think I was so self-sacrificing and, um, and, you know, if you got my order wrong, um, at a restaurant, I would say nothing because I was too scared that, that you, whoever the you was, um, would not like me, but then I would go character assassinate like that stupid barista or stupid so-and-so, um, stupid everybody. What was going on in my head, um, was really, really unkind. And I just um, did not play well with others, even though I thought I did. Um, I couldn't be like amongst people in, in the world. Um, so there's so much, so much unlearning that's happening for me too. Um, years and years of unlearning, of, um, thinking that I had to go it alone, thinking that I could never, never ask for help. Um, so I really appreciate that you shared. We bring the traditions into how we sponsor people. Um, I am sponsoring for the first time. Um, and it's, um, it's, sometimes it scares me because um, I think, you know, um, all the power is with me. And then I remember that's my ego talking to me and all I have to do is exactly what was done with me. Um, take somebody through the steps and follow the traditions. Um, so that's really all I have. I just look forward to um, exploring these other parts of the big book that I don't even know about because I don't know. I don't know everything today. Um, and that's okay. Um, so thank you again. And thank you to everybody who's doing service. With that, I pass. Okay, next we have Allison B. Hello, I'm Allison. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, recovered but not cured, certainly still insane sometimes. I love the fact that we're talking about the traditions. Um, I wish we could spend more time uh, unpacking them because there's so much there. And I feel like we're just like this band of rebels because we have these traditions that are so uh, counterintuitive, in my opinion. I think they're completely counterintuitive. Like, there's one tradition that says that we shouldn't be, we can't be organized, but like, look at how organized we are, you guys. Like we have, it's like tight ship here. And um, my favorite tradition is uh, the only requirement, it's tradition three. And in the long form, it goes on to talk more about, um, nor ought AA membership ever depend on money or conformity. Oh yes, I don't like conforming at all. I'm like anti-conformity, thank you. 
And so what I really appreciate about this tradition is that it really takes the pressure off. Um, I have a disease that tells me I don't have a disease. And if I pick up the food and I'm afraid of being kicked out because of that, I don't know what I would do. I certainly wouldn't want to come back or be honest. I wouldn't want to do all the things that you tell me to do, like be honest and help others. I would just, you know, dwell in my secrecy. So for me as an individual, this that particular tradition means a lot. And then as I think about it on more of like a um, community collective, I've never met or interacted with such a diverse array of people than in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and in my case, uh, another fellowship as well. So um, it really carries to extend the hand to all people, to all who suffer. Um, so yeah, I love geeking out on all the traditions, but that one in particular really kind of gets me going. So uh, thanks. All right, we'll now stop the recording yes. for unrecorded shares.